Good morning. Today's Bible study will consist of Psalms 43, 5, where it says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. And then Proverbs 24, 14 says, Know that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future, and your hope will not be cut off. I'm Fernando. Welcome to today's podcast and these readings. Let's go ahead and open with a moment of silence, followed by the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Proverbs 24, 14 says, Know that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future, and your hope will not be cut off. So what is wisdom? Well, over here in Psalm 43, it says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him my Savior, and my God. Well, according to what I just read, wisdom is my will, my choice. I have a choice. I have a will. I can will myself to praise and thank God for my circumstance. I can say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for what I'm going through. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be by myself on Thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. I'm going to pray and see how I can help somebody. Praise the Lord, I'm going to pray and see how I can help somebody they can't pay back. They can't pay it back. That's a little tough when you when you long to see your loved ones and so forth. But if we pray it, we will achieve it, and we will still see our loved ones. It just so happens that we're not God. God makes it possible. <clears throat> You can do both. So that's the wisdom for us. And we will find a future. There will be a future. And there will be hope. And it will not be cut off. We will be happy as a pig in a mud style. Why, my soul, are you cast down? This is King David. He was talking to himself. King David encouraged himself. King and his son Solomon did the same thing in Proverbs twenty four fifteen. He just went long and he went deep. Know that wisdom is such for your soul. If you find it, there will be a future, and your hope will not be cut off. So there it is, folks. Saying, choosing to praise the Lord, and accessing his his kindness. Accessing his grace and his mercy. That's knowing wisdom. That's using our tools rightly. Amen.
Alrighty, I'm going to read us, and we're going to invite the Lord into our, our little Bible study. Lord Jesus, we praise you, we thank you, we read this to get closer. Okay, <clears throat> thank you. Now remember, wisdom is making a choice, accessing wisdom, to thank God for our challenges. Yet we will know we will praise the Lord because we continue to praise Him and thank Him. This is a happy Thanksgiving week. A lot of us are missing our parents. Our sons and daughters have got grown up and gone. And now we have the same old, same old wanting to... Uh, so we got to get the, get the trees out, get the... That's what I did. I got the tree out, put a tree up, and just going through the motions, going through the motions. It brings results. It brings results. All right, one of my favorite books is the book of Ephesians. For some reason or another, I have a lot of scripture in my wall, the bedroom, and uh, my mind zeroed in on one of them, and it was on Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 15 through 16. And we all know that. A lot of us have it memorized. It says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making you mention in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation of the knowledge of him. I, I have it memorized probably in the New King James, but here's the living translation, and it says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for Christians everywhere, I have never stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your heart will be flooded with light so that you can understand the wonderful future he has promised to those he called. I want you to realize what a rich and glorious inheritance he has given to his people. I pray that you will begin to understand the incredible greatness of his power for us who believe. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else in this world or in the world to come. And God has put all things under the authority of Christ. And he give him this authority for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is filled by Christ who fills everything everywhere with his presence. There you go, folks. Amen. Let's see what the notes say over here. It says, it says, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us is, is, is guarantees God's plan for our salvation. Okay, we, let's, uh, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus Christ. We invited you here, and, and you love us, and you care for us, and we are part of your body. When part of the body is hurting and is lonely, we say praise the Lord and we bring the Lord's attention to that part of the body. 
And the Lord, because it is His church, it's His people, He gives the people goodness and mercy and kindness. Did you hear that? There's a wolf outside. A coyote. I better go look. God bless you. Take care. Sounds like a little dog's in trouble. Thank you for coming in. Let's try to do the, the uh, three prayers today for today's reading. We'll do the uh, set-aside prayer, the, uh, uh, the serenity prayer, and then the Our Father. See how our day goes. See, if you have, a, if you have an incredible day, it means we hit a payload with these prayers. The, fir- the, first, the first prayer says, God, help me to si- set aside everything I think I know about you, everything I think I know about my fellow man, about myself and these steps for a fresh new revelation in you, God, in my fellow man, in myself, and in these steps, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, serenity prayer, please. God. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Amen. Who who woke us up this morning? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do a a one-third, a two-thirds. We'll start with page 62, please. Selfish, yes, sir. Page 62, uh, big book. Selfishness, self centeredness that we think is the root of our troubles, driven by a hundred forms of fear, self delusion, self seeking, and self pity. We step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that sometime in the past we have made decisions based on self, which later place us in a position to be hurt. <laughs> so sincerely takes such a position all sorts of remarkable things follow 
We had a new employer, being all-powerful. He provided what we needed. If we get close to him and perform his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life as we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully. As we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear today, tomorrow, and hereafter. We were reborn. We were now at step three. Many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those that would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that at last we can at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. Page 76, please. Page 86, please. On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. Before we begin, we consider our plans for the day. We ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonor, self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is clear of wrong motives. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought, or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We are often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch of occasional inspiration gradually becomes one part of the mind. Being so experienced, having just been conscious contact with God, it's not probable that we're going to be inspired at all times. We might think for the presumption of all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We've come to rely upon it. We usually conclude this period of meditation with a prayer that is shown out throughout the day that what our next step is to be. That is given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We especially ask for freedom from self-will and careful to make no request for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others are to be helped, we are careful never to pray for our own selfish as Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that. It doesn't work. You can easily see why. We usually conclude the period of meditation with, oh, excuse me, circumstances warrant we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious, religious denomination which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right, make use of what they offer. 
As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, Thy will be done. We are less, less in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decision. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily, for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works. It really does. Page 416, please. We have a great deal to become convinced that alcohol is not more or less you. I have been drinking for the result of a compulsion, and even though I have not been aware of this compulsion at a time, and sobriety was not the matter of willpower, the people of AA had something that looked much better than what I had. But I was afraid to let go of what I had in order to try something new. And there was a certain sense of security in the familiar. At last, acceptance has proven the key to, be, to my drinking problem. After I've been around AA for seven months, tapering off of uh, alcohol and pills, now finding the program working very well, I finally was able to say, okay, God, it's true. All people, stranger may seem, even though I didn't give my permission, really, really, I'm an alcoholic of sorts. And it's all right with me now. Now, what am I going to do about it? Uh, when I stopped living in the problem, began living in the answer, the problem went away. From that moment on, I have not one single compulsion to drink. And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me, and I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. Shakespeare said, All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. He forgot to mention that I was a chief critic. I was always able to see the flaw in every person, every situation, and I was always glad to point it out because I knew you wanted perfection, just as I did. AA and acceptance has taught me that there's a bit of good in the worst of us and a bit of bad in the best of us, that we are all children of God, and we all have a right to be here. When I complain about me or about you, I am complaining about God's handiwork. I am saying that I know better than God. Turn out to be an alcoholic today. I find it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. This proves I don't know what's good for me, and if I don't know what's good for me, then I don't know what's good or bad for you or anyone else. So I'm better off. I don't give advice. I don't figure. I uh, I know what's best and just accept life on life's terms as it is today, especially my own life as it actually is. Before AA, I judged myself by my intention, while the world was judging me by my actions. Accepting has been the answer to my marital problems. It is always through AA has been giving me a new pair of glasses. Max and I have been married now for 35 years prior to our marriage. She was a shy, scrawny adolescent where I was able to see things that, her, that others couldn't necessarily see. Things like beauty, charm, gaiety, a gift to easy to be the top shoe, a sense of humor, and many other fine qualities. It was a, 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 rather than a minor touch which turns everything into gold, a magnified mind that the magnified whatever I focused on. Over the years, I thought about Max and her qualities grew and grew, and we married him with all these qualities. I mean, all, and all these qualities became more and more apparent to me, and we were happier and happier. 
But then as I drank, more and more the alcohol seemed to affect my vision. Instead of continuing to see what was good about my wife, I began to see her defects. The more I focused my mind on her defects, the more they grew and multiplied. Every defect I pointed out to her became greater and greater. Each time I told her she was a nothing, she receded a little more into nowhere. The more I drank, the more she wilted. Then one day I was told that I had the lanterns in my glasses backwards. The courage to change the serenity prayer meant not that I should change my marriage, but rather I should change myself and learn to accept my spouse as she was. AA has given me a new pair of glasses. I can again focus on my wife's good qualities and watch them grow, grow, and grow. I can do the same thing with AA meeting, though. The more, okay, I can do the same thing with AA meeting, the more I focus my mind on the because it's like start a lot of drunk, a lot of cigarette smoke, and the more speed it becomes. Because, I mean, but when I try to see what I can add to the meeting rather than what I can get out of it, then when I focus my mind on what's good about it rather than what's wrong with it, is that it, <clears throat> the meeting keeps getting better and better. Uh, I focus on what's good today, I have a good day. When I focus on what's bad, I have a bad day. When I focus on a problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answers increase. Amen. Page 420, please. Perhaps the best thing of all for me is to remember that my serenity is inversely proportional to my expectations. The higher my expectation of Max and other people are, the lower is my serenity. I can watch my serenity level rise when I discard my expectations, but then my rights try to move in, and they too can force my serenity level down. I have to discard my rights as well as my expectations by asking myself how important is it really, how important is it compared to my serenity, my emotional sobriety, and when I place more value on my serenity and sobriety than on anything else, I can maintain them at a higher level, at least for the time being. Acceptance is the key to my relationship with God today. I never just sit around and do nothing while waiting for him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever for me that needs to be done. I leave the results up to him. However, it turns out that's God's will for me. I must keep my magic magnifying mind on my acceptance and off my expectations, or my serenity level is directly proportional to the level of acceptance. When I remember this, I can see I've never had it so good. Thank God for AA. Page 552, please. He said, in effect... If you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for that person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. If you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. As for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, you will be free. Even when you don't really want it for them and your prayers are only words and you don't mean it. Go ahead and do it anyway. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find you have come to mean it and you want it for them. And you will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, compassionate, understanding and love. It worked for me then and worked for me many times since then. It worked for me every time I'm willing to work it. Sometimes I have to ask for the willingness, but it always too comes. <clears throat> because it works for me, it'll work for all of us. And another great man says, the only real freedom a human being could ever know is doing what I have to do because he wants to do it. This great experience has released me from the bondage of, of hatred and relationship with love, and it's just another, a, just another fermentation of the truth that I know. I get everything I need from Alcoholics Anonymous, and everything I need, I get. When I get what I need, I find that it's invariably 
what I've wanted all the time. Page 100, please. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things that came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and a wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstance. Page 83, please. thinking about this phase of our development we will be amazed before we're halfway through we're going to know a new freedom and new happiness we will never forget the past or shut the door on it we will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace no matter how far down the scale we have gone we will see how our experiences can benefit others and the feeling of useless and self-pity will disappear we will lose interest in our selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude towards the outlook and attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people, economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle the situations with use of apples. We will suddenly realize God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these traveling promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Page 85, please. It is easy to lit up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We're headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle fall. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Not, not my will be done. Thy will be done, not mine. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line, all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we carefully follow directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God-conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further, and that means more action. Page 43, please. What's more, that alcohol at certain times has no effect on his mental defense against his first strength. Except for fewer cases, neither nor any other human being can provide such a defense. This defense must come from a higher power. DN. Thank you very much, man. We're on time. God bless you. Have a great day. All right. Well, take care, Fernando. Take care, Rick. Bye. Welcome to today's reading of Elanon, <clears throat> one day at a time. As a member of Elanon, I am a grateful member, Fernando. I am part of a group which is part of a fellowship of thousands of such groups encircling the world. One cannot even imagine the many kinds of people who join Elanon for the same purpose as I did. To learn a better way of life, despite the difficulties of living with an alcoholic, their social units and customs are different from mine. The spirit that motivates us is the same. This holds us together as one united fellowship wherever in the world we may be. Today's reminder. In one sense, I have an obligation to 
members of every group, not only my own. This duty is to observe and preserve all Al-Anon's principles and traditions. The principles for the individual are stated in the 12 steps. The traditions also, 12, are for group guidance. It is important to Al-Anon and to me personally to know both the steps and the traditions and protect them from distorting and dilution. I will read them and try to apply them in both personal and, and group matters. Tradition 1. Our common welfare should come first. Personal progress for the greater number depends upon unity. Love it. Courage to change. Greetings. Welcome to today's podcast. I love you. No one's told you they love you and care for you. To me, when the second step talks about being restored to sanity, it covers more than the ability to function responsibly and realistically. A sane way of life also includes the willingness to play, to take a break, to cultivate a hobby. I suppose I think of humor as an especially appealing hobby. It takes no special equipment, doesn't require travel, and never falls out of fashion. When I have a good laugh, I know that my higher power is restoring some of my sanity. If I can see nothing but my troubles, I am seen with limited vision. Dwelling on these troubles allows them to control me. Of course, I need to do whatever footwork is required, but I also need to learn when to let go. When I take time to play, to laugh, and to enjoy, I'm taking care of myself and giving away and giving my higher power some time, some room to take care of the rest. When I take time to play, to laugh, and to enjoy, I am taking care of myself and giving my higher power some room to take care of the rest. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Today's reminder, a good chuckle or an engrossing activity can lift my spirits and cleanse my mind. I will refresh myself by adding some lightness to this day now I look for humor in every situation, and my higher power is a laughing God who reminds me not to take myself too seriously, as we understood. Now I look for humor in every situation, and my higher power is a laughing God who reminds me not to take myself too seriously. I'm Fernando. I am a grateful member of al I'm so glad I took the chance to read today's I've been so busy reading other things, I haven't the chance to come home and laugh a little. and get, Not to take myself too seriously. November 18th on Hope for Today. When I was 11 years old, my father was hospitalized. In an effort to protect me, I was told the other person in my father's room was very sick, not my father. Eventually, I discovered what really happened. My father had suffered a heart attack. I felt devastated that I had not been told the truth. That even that event taught me that when disaster struck, I was supposed to deny the truth, stuff my feelings, and act as if nothing unusual had happened. Ellen is an honest sharing program. Looking at the part honesty and sharing played in my life opened me, op- opened me to certain realizations. When I am communicative or dishonest in my interactions, I set myself apart and feel rejected. 
Conversely, open, truthful communication nurtures feelings of trust and encourages me to participate fully in life. However, as I began to change my old habits, fear of rejection sometimes tempt me to respond in old ways. When this happens, I step back to really hear what I say. Then I can find a more appropriate, honest response. By being more and more open and honest, I can be part of all that is around me. This allows me to discover the truth in Elnon's fourth concept of service. Participation is the key to harmony. Sharing my feelings openly and honestly may involve facing painful truth. Nonetheless, it is much less harmful than being dishonest or withdrawn. When I respect others enough to allow them to deal with the facts of a situation according to their own needs, I'm allowing them to participate in life experiences too. That for the day. Participation fully in life requires being as open and honest as I can with myself and others. The forum says, If I persist and remain in part, I upset my own harmony. I also deny the fellowship a gift that I can offer only by participating. Let's pray. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. Keep coming back, family. It's working. I got to run to my next meeting. That's why I'm hurrying. Two meetings. The reading of Matthew chapter 13 for the New Living Testament. Spiritual Renewal Bible or Recovery Bible. Here we go. It's the same author. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Father God. We ask you for your presence to be in the midst of us, to be a glorious warrior, effective, Lord, teaching, admonishing, and bringing us up, Lord, as a craftsman does with his wares. We are your subject, your wares, Lord. Mold us, teach us. Bring your word into our hearts, Lord, that it may have fruit. Lord, we thank you. We open ourselves up to you to make it effective, happy, joyous, and free. Lord, that we rejoice in your word and are thankful that you are our our master, our teacher, and all power belongs unto the Lord. All power belongs unto our Savior. All power belongs unto our friend, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Okay, these are highlights we're taking out of chapter 13 of Matthew. The um, verses 2 to 8 and 18 to 23 uh, signify the very responses to the seed, which is the Word of God, of the gospel determine how fruitful each life will be. Some of us who seek spiritual renewal do so wholeheartedly some only half-heartedly or temporarily, and some pass up the opportunity, denying that they need it. If we hope to bear spiritual fruit, we must allow God to plow up the soil of our hearts and make it ready to receive His Word. Let's go ahead and read verses 2 through 8 and 18 to 23. Where an immense crowd soon gathered, he got into a boat where he sat and taught uh, as the people listened on the shore. 
He told them some stories which, such as this one. A farmer who went out to plant some seed. As he scattered across the field, some seed fell on his footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The plants sprang up quickly, but they soon wilted beneath the hot sun and died because the roots had no nourishment in the shallow soil. Other seeds fell among the thorns that shot up and choked out the tender blades. But some seeds fell on fertile soil and produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as has been planted. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen and understand. Verses 18 to 23. Now here is the explanation of the story I told about the farmer sowing grain. The seed that fell on the hard path represents those who hear the good news about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches the seed away from their hearts. The rocky soil represents those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. At first they get along fine, but they will as soon as they have problems or are persecuted because they believe the word. The thorny ground represents those who hear and accept the good news, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares of this life and the lure of wealth, so no crop is produced. The good soil represents the hearts of those who truly accept God's message and produce a huge harvest. 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. Amen. In verses 10 through 17, Jesus' explanation for teaching with stories and illustration relates to our ability to see the truth. Those of us who respond in faith to what we already know will be given more insight as we make spiritual progress. Verses 